Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Martin McKay. Martin, are you ready to do this? I am ready, George. Yeah. All right, let's let's go. Martin is the founder and CEO of TextHelp, They're the leading provider of assisted software to both education and corporate markets worldwide, believing that everyone shares a fundamental need to be understood by others, and that language is our passport to academic, social, and professional success. Martin, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Okay, George, uh, you can probably hear from my accent. I live in Northern Ireland. Uh, I was brought up on a farm in a pretty rural uh, part of the world. And when I was 12, my dad had a, a fairly serious stroke and he lost the ability to speak and write and use his right arm and leg. It had a huge impact on him and uh, also on me and the rest of the family. Uh, he had been a very driven, independent guy up until that point, And it really showed me the impact of not being able to communicate. He, did, he couldn't express himself at all. And uh, when I was old enough, I started trying to make software to help people in the same position. So people with strokes, cerebral palsy, uh, motor neuron disease, and other kind of motion and dexterity and communication uh, related uh, disabilities. And uh, so that was the original idea. And then the business started to work, but I had a breakthrough moment in Scotland. I was talking to a lady in Glasgow College of Art, I think it was, and uh, she said that she had one student with cerebral palsy, but she had about 200 students with dyslexia. And if mm-hmm. I could do something for her dyslexic students, uh, you know, I could reach a lot more people. And uh, so I started to research dyslexia and uh, what type of assistive technology that could help. And I, I started off by making a dyslexic spell checker. And over the years, we've built a whole set of tools to help people who need help with reading and writing. And nowadays, it's not just because of dyslexia, it could be people working in a second language or learning a language or some other cognitive uh, impairment. So, um, yeah, and as we've, yeah, we've got to reach a lot of people and uh, we want to reach a lot more. Well, I certainly appreciate that. It seems like very often uh, entrepreneurial success is, is motivated by, catalyzed by a, a personal experience and certainly the experience with your dad that, that led you down the path to, 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 to create a solution and then running into the person, the teacher that said, well, I've got 200 kids with dyslexia. Um, so I think that that's incredible. Fascinating. You needed to really understand dyslexia to be able to yeah. use technology to serve it. So tell me a little bit about that. Ah, so this is a long time ago, George. This is like before the internet. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I got onto CompuServe, believe it or not, it was a very long time ago, and I kind of researched and I found, I ended up getting in contact with a guy called Marshall Raskind, who was based in Pasadena in California, and uh, he had a research center, uh, he was researching kids with learning difficulties, and he had done a PhD specifically into spelling and how dyslexic people spell a little bit differently. He was really generous with me. and. He shared his research and that was the basis of my first spell checker. And, you know, just as I, as I learned and spoke to more people, I got to meet more educational researchers and learned a little bit more each time and expanded the product and grew the product. And yeah, it just kind of made it gradually better over time. 
Nice. So was it a function of uh, it's, it's going from, from whatever speed you were going to really, really, really fast and growing and scaling a business. So you need to learn about dyslexia, but then you also needed to learn all about entrepreneurship and scaling a business. How'd, how'd, how'd you figure all that out? Uh, it's, you know, in the early days, probably a little bit like riding a bike, quite a few, uh, fell off my bike a few times, Yeah, <laughs> uh, learned to balance. Um, I, you know, over the past 10 years, I've taken time out each year for some professional development to try to learn about business development and leadership and all that sort of stuff. But in the early days, it was just, you know, uh, you know, an idiot in his twenties who didn't know that he fail. And, uh, I just kept going and, uh, yeah, you know, I'm very thankful. I'm really lucky. I've had investors who believed in the idea and they got on board and, you know, investors tend to bring support with them. They bring help and non-executive board members who can help steer things in the right direction and help with recruitment and help attracting a really good, talented team into the organization. So, yeah, I'm uh, without external investors, I would say I probably wouldn't have got quite so far. So I'm, I owe them a, de- a, a debt of gratitude for sure. Yeah, nice. So what how 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 many people across the world are 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 we talking about that you're working to serve so well i mean we're still in the grand scheme of things on a global basis we're we're still uh at a relatively small scale and dyslexia doesn't you know like in mandarin you know dyslexia is not a thing it typically is it shows up in languages where the written text is uh, effectively an encoding of what the word sounds like. So whenever we read a word, we split it up into little, um, not syllables, because the syllable is a sound. We visually split it up into graphemes, and the grapheme is like a two or three letter slug, and then you turn those into sounds. That's called grapheme to phoneme conversion, and then we blend the phonemes, and that turns it into something that we can understand. Lots of dyslexic people can't do that. So pretty much any Latin language, uh, probably half the world, you know, uh, more than half the world. Uh, and of that group of people, you know, conservatively 7% of people have got dyslexia, have got dyslexia, like 12% of kids are in special education. And by far the largest group of those kids are specific learning uh, difficulties like dyslexia. And, you know, if you're in the workplace, 5% of your work colleagues are probably dyslexic and they're embarrassed about it and they don't put their hand up and say I'm dyslexic because they think it's a career limiting move um, and they can't read very well, but they're not stupid. And it's kind of like me taking my glasses off. If I take my glasses off, I can't read. It doesn't mean that I'm any less smart than I was or I can't have a really good, interesting conversation about topics that I've got some expertise on. But I put my glasses back on and I can read about all sorts of things. And for dyslexic people, it's just it's the very same thing. Um, you can have a conversation with them and they can be super bright, articulate. It's just when you confront them with some text, it's difficult for them. The piece of their brain that non-dyslexic people use for decoding patterns of text and turning it into sound, dyslexic people have that piece of their brain, but they use it for something else. And they're typically really good designers, really good architects, really good engineers, really good marketers. Um, they're just, they, they have got a talent that is different where we all, we're all different and we all think differently. And it's kind of helping them discover that talent and, uh, and put it to work by giving them like a, the equivalent of a pair of glasses is, is what we try to do. So this is probably going to be 
really oversimplification or an impossible question to ask, but how how does text help actually work then? It's really simple. <laughs> it's really, really simple. It um, if if you want to understand what's on your computer screen, um, you just press the play button and we'll read it out loud. And as we're reading it, we'll color highlight the words that they're uh, as it's being spoken, and that helps build up a link between what the word looks like and what the word sounds like. It helps perform that process that dyslexic people can't do. Then if you encounter a new word, we've got talking dictionaries. Um, oh, there's 101 things. Like if you, if someone sends you a text message, we can read the text message. If you get a, uh, like something on paper that's hard to read, you can take a photograph of it and we'll read the photograph out loud. Um, if you have difficulty writing, dyslexic people make really inventive spelling mistakes. And you know, when you understand dyslexia, they don't seem weird. They're, they're very logical. So like a dyslexic person might spell, uh, well, let, let me give you an example, George. So the, um, if I was to write down the word L-E-F-A-N-T, what word do you think that is? L-E-F-A-N-T? Yeah. Lefant? Elephant. Oh, oh, got it. Got it. Yeah. So it's L-E-Fant, elephant. So it's pretty logical. So a dyslexic person might spell that way and a regular spell checker won't fix it. So we have got a dyslexic spell checker and a grammar checker and a, a word predictor. So when you're typing on your phone and you're sending, sending a text message, your phone will predict ahead. But that type of prediction is designed for people with fat thumbs on a small keyboard. And it's not really designed for dyslexic people. We've got word prediction that shows up inside Microsoft Word and Google Docs and Facebook and work wherever you are. And it's designed to help dyslexic people not make kind of embarrassing typos. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. So through, through, through using the software, um, is it feasible that somebody could get to the point where they wouldn't need the software anymore or they just get faster? So yeah, they become more productive and certainly to some extent they, they need to use it less because some aspects of the software are about teaching people vocabulary and as they learn the vocabulary, they don't need that piece of it. Some pieces of it are, are just about cognition and you know, dyslexia is not a one size fits all kind of diagnosis. There's a whole range of, of kind of sub symptoms and uh, some people will, will need it less and some people, for some people, they'll just continue to use it. But I think that the big, the important thing is, it's just a, it unlocks a bunch of productivity and it lets people get on with the thing that they care about and it stops them having to worry and be stressed about having to read or write in the workplace or in school. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty incredible if you have a company of a thousand people, it's, you know, at least, 50 people, 50 of their employees are, 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 are living and working with, I don't want to call it with, 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 with dyslexia. And do you have, I, I mean, I imagine if I was trying to read without my glasses on, that's really that's just, limiting my, my productivity. So that's totally, costing. Yeah. And, yeah. And if you were an employer and you saw like people who had short sight coming in and trying to work without glasses as an employer, you would say, let's get these let's get these people some glasses they're like super inexpensive and th i think that's the job that we have we have to try to tell the world about this because uh there's a kind of misconception in an older generation of people that dyslexic people are stupid and they're not you know they can't learn and that is really just a it's a it's an inaccurate perception 
and they have difficulty reading the way that short people have difficulty reaching a, a high shelf and short-sighted <laughs> people have difficulty without glasses. We're all different. We're all, you know, and we all interact with the world in a different way. And thankfully now there are tools to help people with dyslexia to just, you know, perform completely like normal. And uh, yeah, uh, in fact, you know, it, it's better than that because we allow them to read and write like normal people. Like when I say normal, read and write like people who are competent at reading and writing and don't have dyslexia. But it allows them to really unlock that dyslexic thinking, that superpower that they have. Do you know in the UK, um, GCHQ, which is the government, um, GCHQ is, is kind of like our CIA or uh, NSA type uh, organization. They deliberately hire dyslexic people because they think differently and they value them as mm-hmm. uh, better. I suppose they make better spies, better decoders. And um, so, you know, clearly already people are seeing the value of this in, in somewhere where there's a good delivery search. We want this to emerge just generally in the, in the workplace literally seeing the world in a different way so there's there's immense value to that yeah so i i went right to uh the money piece of it because from an enterprise standpoint if you have the opportunity to work with a big company they have the opportunity to potentially write a check for the service schools though i mean to help kids i mean that's way more heart-centric from just sort of just me thinking about it for the first time but difficult because they lack the resources the companies have how are how how do you think about that problem so it's uh, we've solved that problem by making it super super inexpensive um for schools actually um 17 of students in the us have got our software now Um, oh wow we've got that far by making it super inexpensive and uh, you know it's school budgets, public money. It's got to be spent wisely, and um, and yeah, we find a way of making it uh, really inexpensive so that we can reach more and more people. Amazing. Well, thank you for that. That's good. We're very happy to help. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's that's certainly an incredible thing right there. And the stories that you must get, I'm sure that they are absolutely incredible. Um, so trying to get over the trying to get over the stigma. Of of thinking that that people with the le- dyslexia are somehow less intelligent. That's that that's a big thing. Just the awareness piece that this is a big chunk of folks out there, probably way bigger than you could have ever imagined. Um, just all of it. Yeah, and also you know the fact that it's you're right. It's the fact that people, particularly when they go to a workplace, when they're when they're at school. Uh, hopefully, if they've got a good teacher, the teacher will recognize that they're struggling, uh, have them assessed by an educational psychologist, and they can get it, you know, they'll get uh, support because they're dyslexic. In the workplace, uh, you know, particularly young adults, they're not feeling particularly proud of the fact that they're dyslexic and they don't disclose it. And then, you know, they'll start to avoid job roles where there's a lot of reading and writing and they end up making career limiting uh, decisions and really what we need to do is have people understand that when these people leave school and go to the workplace they don't leave dyslexia behind and you know like if they're in the workplace they're going to be not uh, kind of prone to put their hand up and saying i'm dyslexic and so if you if any of your listeners are in uh working in an hr department and you're not actively supporting dyslexic employees right now, please think about that because it's a huge chunk of your uh, workplace. And 
if you give them a little bit of help, it's like not much more expensive. I mean, it's cheaper than you would spend on coffee for them uh, to, to, you know, to give them the glasses that they need. And it will help them be more productive, stay with you and be a kind of loyal employee. And you're going to be doing more for people who can really contribute a huge amount. Uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really important thing to do. Uh, if, uh, you know, if I could just get people to understand that, I think that'd be a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Fascinating. And that's obviously going to be on an individual basis that some people will are, are more adept or more open to raising their hand and say, Hey, I'm, I've, 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 I'm suffering with this, or I, I need a little bit of help versus somebody who's just going to close themselves off and, and, and avoid doing certain things, avoid jobs, yeah. avoid roles. And then having an empowering an HR leader or the CEO or whoever in leadership is in charge of employee issues to coach them up and, and help them to roll this out so that people use it and, 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 and they're comfortable doing it. That's a, it's a big opportunity and also a challenge, I would imagine. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, trying to get the news out to people is, uh, is it, I think there's like a different generation of this generation of people that we have now are much more open-minded, inclusive, you know, diversity and inclusion is a, an important, you know, it's an agenda item at the board in many large public companies now. And, uh, you know, so I think it is getting better. I, I, the, the urgency that I feel about this is we've been doing this in education now for, you know, in the US for about 16 years and the kids that we've helped right through education they're going into the workplace now and the workplace is not ready for them. We need to get these tools into the workplace so that, so that they can, can follow them right through their life. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, Martin, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Okay. So uh, my difference making tip is really, it, this might seem a little bit weird, but I would say don't assume that the, if you're writing an email or you're writing marketing copy, or you're writing a report or you're writing a document for any purpose, if you're writing today, don't assume the person who's reading it is very good at reading. 16% of people in the UK are functionally illiterate, right? So that, I mean, they can't uh, read well enough to identify, uh, you know, to find a plumber in the local Yellow Pages, for example. People don't use Yellow Pages anymore, but it's a very large group of people who can't read very well. So if you write marketing copy or company reports, don't use long words to make yourself look smart. Use short sentences and easy words because that will make the world easier for everyone. And uh, so that, that's my tip. Keep it simple. Just uh, like don't assume that everyone's as smart as you are and make the world a little bit easier to read. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The, 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 the easier we can make it on, on ourselves by not trying to be fancy with, 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 with 10 cent words and whatnot, it's probably better for everybody just in general. So well said. Martin, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how can they engage with text help? Uh, they can learn more by visiting our website. That's probably the easiest place. Uh, it's www.texthelp.com. And if you've got a dyslexic family member or you're dyslexic or you have a friend who's dyslexic, they can go there and download the software and use it for free for 30 days. And uh, yeah, I would just encourage people to try it out and uh, they'll find, th find it easier to understand. Amazing. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Martin your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to texthelp.com. That's T-E-X-T-H-E-L-P. 
www.sourcingmarketingtoday.com and try out the software for free for 30 days. If you work for an organization, check it out. If you work for an educational entity, check it out and um, help a lot of people who we probably didn't realize were struggling. Thanks again, Martin. Thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.